So, Scotty, I um, I watched Jungle Cruise, like you asked. Well, it is the subject of this episode, so yeah. yes, good. Well, you know, I just, I felt like the, the tropes in the movie, they they were like a bicycle, you know? They were, they were too tired. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess this is just what happens, you know, when you, when you take the rock for granted. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, that part when the rock explains everything about the conquistadors, like their search through the jungle and all that, it was just a lot all at once. It was a real expedition dump. Oh, <laughs> no. Hey, you know, like, I will say one thing. The the evil cursed conquistador guys, like the one who was made of honeycomb and the one who was made of snakes, you could say they were a living piece of history. Oh, no. I like how I wanted to do a Jungle Cruise <laughs> spiel for the intro, and you said, no, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to weaponize the jokes. I'm going to weaponize these jokes one against more. you. I got one more. Okay. <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, Scotty, uh, this movie is a lot like the the title that the Rock's character has as a captain of the boat. It's a skipper. Oh, fuck <laughs> you! But you know what this is? Fun fiction! <laughs> So welcome to Fun Fiction, the show where two idiots ruin that thing you like it. I'm about tribe, I'm about power, we stay hungry, we devour, put in the work, put in the hours and take what's ours, Scotty Moore! I'm Pants. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Pants. That was worth it, that was worth it to see what that did to you. (laughs) It was because you didn't follow it with Megan Danger. It was just, I'm pants. Some some days you're just pants, but other days I am Megan Danger. It's the least funny thing in the entire world. And yet it is the gag that they, that, that, that the whole movie fucking rests on. That they were just like, this is it. This is the joke. We're never, Emily Blunt is a woman wearing pants in 1916 and we are never going to let it go. This is performative feminism, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Like, it's got shit where I'm like, we've been over this, Disney. You don't have to act like you're woke now because Jack Whitehall's just like, my sister's actually very smart. Thank you very much. (laughs) She should be allowed to join the special men's club, but actually she's better than the special men's club. We, we, we done this. We did this. It was called The Mummy in the year of our Lord, 1999. You can take your suggestions and stick them up your association. Fuck you, Jack Whitehall. I want you to know that was the one thing in the entire movie that made RJ la- like, laugh. <laughs> Like oh, and, and, no. And, no, but like just like a like this this is really this is what we're doing, but it was like a pure unfettered laughter. <laughs> <laughs> um I told you yesterday that the first time I watched the film The Jungle Cruise, which we can talk about the ride as well. I'm a huge fan of it. Oh, I we're gonna talk you're... about the ride. Yeah, the ride's fucking some people love it, some people don't. It's a trash ride, and that's why I love it. Um, <laughs> but I told you that the first time I watched Jungle Cruise, I was very, very stoned. And that I was going to rewatch it last night, and after that rewatch, I would either be vindicated in choosing it for this episode, or I would have to profusely apologize. And Megan, I am so fucking sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. You fucking better be. You used your birthday to give i was like i don't want to fucking watch this movie scotty and you were like it's my birthday i'm just a little guy and it's my birthday and i was like god fine my birthday was 20 (laughs) days ago too (laughs) well also we we did we did agree we were gonna do this like weeks ago and then you know you you got covid that's uh, fine. It's no big deal. I feel really bad laughing as I say it, but you're laughing too, so it's okay. Oh, it just got worse as the way it became funny. Luckily, 
<laughs> yeah, well, you're you're here recording with me, so that's that's how it's it's why it's funny. If, yeah. if you if this was a fun, welcome to fun fiction. I'm Megan Danger, and no one and else. It's just, it's just silence. So the Jungle Cruise is a film, and audience at home, I want you to imagine like your first draft. Someone's come to you and say it. Say it. We need a action adventure film for families to enjoy in the theater. Now imagine you have five minutes to write the first draft. That's the Jungle Cruise movie. Imagine if you were watching a worse version of the like the Mummy and Pirates of the Caribbean and. I don't literally know, like, like every action, every <laughs> every adventure movie ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it it's worse. just a worse version. But it but it's it's so specific. It follows so many of the mummies' beats that it it made me angry watching it. Um, I think I even told you if I wanted to watch a shittier version of the Mummy, I would just watch the Mummy Returns. <laughs> See, once again, I'm gonna say it. I've never seen the Mummy, and I know I've ridden the ride ah. a fuck ton. Oh, that well, that I've- okay. That ride whips. That, that ride, ride is, is very, very so good. good. Shit. Okay, we're gonna. I, I know we already decided what we're doing next, but we're doing that next, next, <laughs> next, <laughs> next, next. Uh, instead of instead of uh, trying to get revenge by giving you an equally horrible experience, I'm going to gift you an experience. Yeah. But in the meantime, we got the Jungle Cruise, which is just um, another entry into. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson in a jungle cinematic universe. Fun fact about this movie, right, is the fact that much like the ride it's based on, this film is uh, also called The Jungle Cruise. That is the only similarity you will get throughout this entire film, except for like one scene, and that's it. The scene where he's taking them in the boat and he says the bad jokes. Here's the thing, and I'm going to bring this up during my fanfic as well, but like... The Rock is the exact wrong person to play this role. 100%. Which, I mean, we talked about it with Rampage as well, but at least on Rampage, like, he never had to be a scientist. (laughs) He was just always The Rock. In this one, like, his character is supposed to be, like, a devious smartass who betrays everyone every step of the way. And he can't sell it. He cannot sell it Uh -uh. at all. And like the the point of the jokes on the Jungle Cruise is like you like you did in the pre-show, they're kind of weaponized. Like at a point, you're almost just impressed with how many shitty jokes they can throw in a row. Meanwhile, the Rock in this film is trying to sell them like it's actual comedy. I'm like, yeah. no, bud, it's not. These aren't funny on purpose. Yeah, it's it hurts. But but yeah, that I'm real glad you keyed into that early cuz that was a big thing for me because he's, he's supposed to be like this this sort of a scoundrel of a man and he he can't do it. Like it again, you're unfortunately the reference is lost on you, but they try to go for Rick O'Connell from the Mummy. Well, he he wasn't too much scammy, like he was a scoundrel. He was a little rough, but he was a good guy. And The Rock, I feel has put so much work into cementing his image as the family-friendly large man <laughs> that he just he, he he can't do it he's very <laughs> earnest i believe at one point in my notes i just wrote you can never convince me the rock is lying to me <laughs> the rock could walk up to me and be like the grass outside is gr- is blue and i'd be like you're fucking right, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> I believe you. It sure is. And if it's not, it's he he is sure it's blue. He didn't mean to lie to you. As far as he yeah, can tell, yeah. it's blue. <laughs> Something's wrong with the rock's eyes, not with what he said to me. Exactly. And okay, so you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna keep doing this because it's the Mummy and the Pirates of the Caribbean are the two big things, because we have we have men who are cur- we have dudes who are cursed by things and can't die. Um but, like, a real big difference also, apart from just that the characters are better and the story is better and everything is better, those movies are kind of, they're sexy. This yeah. is the least, it's, it's no, there's, it's not sexy at all. Rock of the Dwayne Johnson and Jason Stakeums have more sexual chemistry than he does with Emily Blunt in this movie. Emily Blunt, I realized near the end of the film, is quite possibly the most 
insufferable character in this entire film because she's supposed to be like a very smart, like scientist lady. Never once did that read. She just kind of seemed like an asshole <laughs> through the entire thing. And it's a shame. Like I just watched her in um, what's it? Live, die, repeat with Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah. That movie fucks. It's so good. And she's so awesome in it. Like she's so badass and cool. And mm-hmm. it's just she's so neutered here. It's just awful. They make her just wear pants and be like, oh, I'm a woman in trousers. I want adventure. I I want the, these the magic in the jungle. I don't even remember what the fuck the magic in the jungle is because it's so stupid and I don't care. My brother's a twink. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the plot is the fact that there is a mystical tree in the forest or in the jungle, which they cruise through, uh, that has leaves that if you take a leaf, you can literally like cure cancer. You can save lives with this thing. And spoiler alert at the end. Do we want to do a plot synopsis? Because I feel like I have to be like, okay, she has to use the leaf on Dwayne. It's, it's because so Dwayne the Rock Johnson stupid. is a 400-year-old conquistador. Oh, God. And when we found that out, it was so funny. Like, when he just, like, literally falls, like, five stories and hits every tree branch on the way down, I'm just like, I hope he's dead. I hope he's fucking dead. And then they're like, actually, he's immortal. And I was like, son of a bitch. And then when they they make you think he's run through with a sword, (laughs) and then they make you think he's dead again, and I'm like, I do it, Disney, fucking do it, you cowards, you won't, and they don't because they're pussies. I feel like the second. Oh wait, you mean at the very, very end? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, I have some qualms with that uh, because so the thing is, these conquistadors were wanting (laughs) the leaf, I think. To cure a disease or something? Well, you know what's wild, though? I'm going to completely yeah. interrupt you. Just, that conquistador was a real dude. That was a real historical dude. Uh, yeah, Werner, yeah. Werner Herzog made a movie about him. Uh, the, Jesus and, and, Christ. And Jesse, Jesse Plemons is... Oh, God, what'd you call them? The, not, the Nazis. <laughs> the Nazis? You mean Augustus Gloop as an yeah. adult? <laughs> he was a real dude too. Oh the, the, my the, god! The, the son of Ka- Prince Joachim or whatever, son of Kaiser Wilhelm, but he didn't die in a jungle crushed under some rocks because Jack Whitehall, the the fucking Jonathan Carnahan ripoff British twink man, pushed him real hard and killed him. He, he became <laughs> a real man in that moment and <laughs> murdered a Nazi. <laughs> yep. No, he committed suicide. Because um, after his father abdicated it, many was a commoner, and it made him real sad. I love how the one joke they have for him is the fact that... Actually, there's two jokes. One that's bad, and one that actually made me laugh. And one is the fact that he can't... He pronounces words funny because oh, he's German. That was and so I'm like, stupid. You, you tried to take a step forward with feminism, but it's a step that we've already gone down the road on. And then you took two steps backwards by making fun of German accents. Well, he can't. He can't say jungle. Is they Wow, they drag. They drag that scene out for quite a bit. And the only funny thing this Nazi gets into is, so the conquistadors. Back to them. They. <laughs> They get trapped in the jungle itself and become kind of infused with it. So one of them becomes like a terrifying snake man. One becomes a man who's like made of wood. And then one is just covered in bees. And that's his whole thing is he loves bees. Their their designs were like one of the only kind of interesting original looking bits of the movie. Yeah, they were kind of, they were kind of not comedic exactly, but they were lighthearted other than man made of snakes whose face literally gets cut open with a sword and snakes come out of it. See, I thought uh, that was sick. Like as I said, like their design, I mean, like their designs were oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he sends his bees to consult with the Nazi who's not a Nazi. Because it's 1916. Nazis do not exist yet, but this film's trying real hard to make the villains Nazis. Um, And what we get is like a five minute scene of this German man arguing with a a bunch of bees. It's so good for me. 
Poor Jeff. Jesse Plemons is like an established actor now. He's in like, I don't even know how many movies a year. Like, and actually he's playing it. He ends up playing either a Nazi or a white supremacist in a, in a, a worrying amount. Like that's an unfortunate well, thing to get pigeonholed as. But like, he's, you know, and I guess I could say this of most people in the movie. He's better than this. He doesn't need this. Oh, literally all of them are better than this film. There's not a single person in this film who deserves better. The only person who I would say, like, I want to keep in this film is Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Paul Giamatti, forced to do an Italian accent, clearly owed somebody some fucking money. <laughs> My name is Paul Giamatti. My name is Nilo. I own the river adventure. Like, it's over the... And like so I told you... Rocket to Dwayne Johnson, where's the body? I take a ninja from your boat like a mama used to. <laughs> Give me the spaghetti, big man. <laughs> oh, there's a jaguar at the restaurant, mama mia. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fuck Chris Pratt. Paul Giamatti for Mario. <laughs> it's um, what we deserve. Well, like I told you, I also watched uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 3 or 2 this week, so I have had a Paul Giamatti parade of weird accents. <laughs> have you ever watched the uh, Chris Gethard show? Um, yes, but... Like, have you watched the episode One Man's Trash? No, I have not. Okay. Say, I've only seen like one or two. Uh, well, spoiler alert for that episode, and it's very good. They hide Paul Giamatti in a trash can, but don't tell anybody he's in there and spend the entire hour trying to get the audience to guess what's in the trash can. Fuck, that's funny. Holy shit, that's really good. That's better than this movie. <laughs> it's a lot better than this movie. The The puns and references to the ride segment on Wikipedia is literally like two seconds, like two sentences, and that's it. Because well, I know there's the jokes that he makes. There's the backside of water thing, which I remember from riding the, the yep. jungle to cruise. Uh, and then the guy who they said did the original exposition. There's because there's a MacGuffin. There's a MacGuffin that will lead them to the magic tree juice, um, yeah. and and uh, Emily Blunt has to steal it from the from the the He Man Woman Haters Society of England, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like brought back by Doctor Albert Falls, which is a joke from the ride. Well, no, that's actually like so. This is my favorite thing about Disney. There's like a legitimate ARG going on regarding the Jungle Cruise with like an entire time, like an association called C, the Society of um, Explorers, Explorers and Adventurers. And like Jock, uh, Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar is part of it. The, um, God, the restaurant that's right across from the Jungle Cruise also is part of it. Like there's a whole, yeah, like, well, then whole story about the, it. The one place that's closed now. That that used that was awesome at um the the like hip teen part of Disney that's not like in the parks. Uh, oh, it, the uh, Disney Springs. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, it was like no, or like something like that. Fuck, where was it? Like it was wasn't it called like the Adventurers Club or something? And they had to close yeah. it because people got too drunk and rowdy. Yeah, yeah, the Adventurers Club was part of it too. Like yeah, there's this. This fucking ride has a story. Like, it's not one a lot of people know, but there's a story that could be told here. And instead, they were like, put the rock in it, baby. <laughs> put the rock in it. There's magic tree juice. We'll rip off a good chunk of Pirates of the Caribbean. That's That was a ride. Look, look. Mm -hmm. The uh, boat is named after Mama Kia, which is, I believe, another one of the boats. But also, I definitely thought it was just Dwayne trying to promote his fucking tequila company. I was, I was like, yeah, that's why that's called that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Emily Blunt and her brother, who is Jack Whitehall, whose name is McGregor, which made me irrationally angry because that's not a first name. That's no one's first name. I think it is, because isn't that like where Mac is... Well, I mean, I guess that would be the shortened of their surname. But yeah, I looked, but I his looked name his I've... name was McGregor Houghton, and it's like it's, I don't know. It just bugged me the whole time because I've never known a human being to have that as a first name. I'm sure someone out there must, but it was just a weird choice. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like Jonathan, the the brother from the Mummy, except not as charming. Um, kind of racist, a little, little bit, 
He's racist in that like Victorian male way where he tried because uh, you said he was racist. And I'm like, I don't remember that from my first watch walkthrough. And then he gets on the boat and tries to tip Dwayne. And I went, yeah. OK, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> and he's just kind of a useless pansy man. So, of course, he's what, what he's Disney's uh, what, like sixth first LGBT character. He's our representation, and I think he deserves respect. <laughs> of course, he, he never straight up says that he's gay. Him and The Rock have a conversation where he's very obliquely like, mm, yes, I never, uh, I had a woman propose to me once. No. <laughs> yeah, it was full on. This is the line, because I have it up here right now. Oh, good. <laughs> I had someone call for me, but... My interests lie elsewhere. At which point, The Rock, who I don't even think understands what's going on, is like, <laughs> hey, to elsewhere, buddy. You know what? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Fuck, bro. Yeah, cheers to that. <laughs> cheers to that, big man. <laughs> you know, just something uh, real obtuse and easily editable for foreign markets. Yeah, that ha have they ever been outwardly blatant? Like, there was someone in The Eternals, right, who was pretty blatantly gay? I did not see The Eternals, although I know it's a Marvel movie, so it's like that has different rules. Although Marvel was just like, our big gay character in, what, uh, Endgame? And it yeah, was yeah. one of the Russo brothers just saying... Yeah, I had it. I went on it. And what was it? In the um, the support group of yeah post apocalypse people, oh. and he's like, I went on a date. And the guy kept crying. This yeah. is representation. <laughs> uh, I, my favorite uh, was I was watching some more news recently, and he did a uh, a Marvel parody where he was a newscaster in the Marvel universe, and he said, "In other news, Captain America has met the world's first gay man." <laughs> Fucking ruled. That's perfect. Yeah, so it's you know it's it's it came out in the in the Disney fashion, mm -hmm. where it's just like ah yes the women, hmm, and then looks away <laughs> quietly for a few. It's like oh okay I get it that's the gay one right? <laughs> yeah, and then you get like the lady version like in what was it Onward I think where she's just sort of buff and a cop. She no, no, it's always, like, they're buff, and then in, like, one scene at the end when everyone's there, they have their arm around another one. Yes, yes, that's how, yeah, that's how I do it, that, that she's just buff, and in one scene there will be another more feminine woman next to her. <laughs> Usually a person of color as well, so they can just hit multiple birds with one stone. <laughs> yep. Oh uh, my god. I, I will say there was one character who I did enjoy because it was a nice adaptation of something from the ride. Uh, Trader Sam, who on the ride is a real racist depiction of a <laughs> <Yep>. native. <laughs> and instead, it's uh, played by Veronica Falcone, Falcon. And yeah, she is super cool in it. And she's just like, I will tell you what you need to know, but I want that fucking hat. <laughs> I want that cool hat. It's true, actually. I, I did enjoy her. Um,. Uh, the Rock does pay her and her fellow, like, pe like natives, people, village. See, that's to... what was weird to me. It's yeah, like he... there, there was a scene. Okay, so they get kidnapped by uh, natives, and because that's part of the ride. Not anymore, but it used to be <laughs> part of the ride. So they're like, ah, of course, this is the one part of the ride we need to acknowledge. Mm. And the bit is that they aren't, uh, I believe Jack Whitehall refers to them as savages, but mm. they are just normal ass fucking people. And Dwayne Johnson pays them to be <laughs> crude stereotypes. And she said, she's, at one point, she's just like, I'm going to start charging you more for this fucking Ooga Booga shit. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't say shit, but the rest of it is correct. And it's just like, wow, he's he's kind of shitty. <laughs> it's There's not a good person in this film. Trader Sam, you know, she she hangs in and she's got her hat. Trader good, Sam good and Italian Giamatti are the only two <laughs> characters in this film. Why couldn't they have had a conversation together? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no, I but we, you we talk do... to Frank, right? Yes, I talk to Frank. He owes me the fucking money. <laughs> yeah, he gave me this hat. 
Yeah, so they, they get chased by German pseudo-Nazi Jesse Plemons. Um, the Rock is actually a, an undead conquistador himself. Yes. He uh, he has hair in a flashback, and it's he the has hair and like a, a full <laughs> beard. And it's like this dark-ass scene of conquistadors like stabbing each other through the heart. <laughs> Their children crying, explosions, murder, set to I believe nothing else matters by Metallica. <laughs> that was real weird. I don't understand what that was about. And this is based on the fun jungle ride at Disney World where you see the shitty animatronics. <laughs> um, but yeah, the rock with hair and a beard is real funny looking. Yeah, where they uh, they pulled him out and he's like, Frank, are you okay? Oh my God. Frank, you- <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Frank, Frank, you okay? <laughs> you good there, Frank? <laughs> Frank, are you okay? He's like, it's not Frank. It's Francisco Lopez de Heredia. <laughs> I'm like, you're the fucking rock. Like, rock the Dwayne Johnson from Miami, Florida. <laughs> the rock finally paying lip service to all of the rednecks who have no idea what race he is. And he's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. All of them, baby. <laughs> Whatever you need me to be. Be uh, Oscar Isaac, fucking Pedro Pascal. <laughs> we're one of them. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so essentially the conquistadors were cursed to have to live basically on the river. And if they don't, if they leave the river for far too away, the river itself will pull them back in, which is why Dwayne the Rock Johnson runs a jungle cruise is because he gets to live on the river. Uh, meanwhile, the other conquistadors, he, Tom and Jerry trapped <laughs> by having them fall in a big hole. And when he the river's tr- in a big hole. <laughs> pushes them in a big hole. And when the river tries to pull them back, I guess the river has no concept of how to get around right angles. <laughs> it just <laughs> yeets them into the wall. And the end of the film, Dwayne makes the ultimate sacrifice because he's a 400-year-old man who needs to die at this point. He's so tired. He, he, he verbalizes wants- this. This is something that he makes very clear to Pants, which is how he chooses to refer to Emily Plunt the entire movie, because they're just so sure that joke is a winner. He's like, I have seen so many people live and die. I'm so tired. I am ready for death. And she's just like, but what if you were in love? And he's like, I want to die, lady. Please, God, <laughs> let me let die. Let me die, lady. <laughs> uh, and then I believe Emily Blunt has to, like, strip because she can't swim. But then she can swim somehow because of the plot. And at one point, Dwayne turns around and in the most uh, knee slapper line of the film goes, are you wearing pants under your pants? Fucking yeah, Dwayne! Uh, <laughs> yeah, brought it home! Uh, they're, then, they're almost nude together, and it is the most sexless scene yep. you can imagine. It is the least horny. I, I feel like the Amish are hornier. <laughs> uh, well, no. What is the least horny scene is what happens next, which is when Emily Blunt goes under the water and kind of gets caught in this cage where she has to pull a lever to release river water or some shit. I don't. And, I, I checked out at that point, I'll be and honest. To, to keep her alive, Dwayne has to rush up to her with a mouth of oxygen and just kiss it into her mouth. <laughs> and it's disgusting. It is. There's nothing hot about it at all. Uh, so that all happens. Then Dwayne, to let make sure everyone else can have a flower so they can save the world from disease and medicine, uh, decides to sacrifice himself, cut off the river water. That way him and all the other conquistadors, the Nazis at this point, are a non-issue. Uh, take we care left of the con- them behind. <laughs> yeah, the uh, conquistadors all will be trapped in there. So he does that. They all get trapped. Emily Blunt has one petal of a flower that she, I assume you could distill into a, a, a elixir that could save the world and could be studied. And she just walks up to the rock and is like, fuck what you want and shoves <laughs> it in his mouth. It made me so fucking angry. <laughs> 
because like also I'm playing Spider-Man on PS4 right now, which spoilers ends with like this exact same issue where there is a uh, a cure for a disease and Peter can either use it right away to save Aunt May or have to make that sacrifice of someone he cares about to save the city. And because he's the hero of the story is like, I have to put Aunt May aside. I love you. And then he saves the city. Meanwhile, Emily Blunt is just yeeting flowers <laughs> in Dwayne Johnson's mouth. Well, the thing that sucks is so obviously it works and he's free of the curse now because he's like bleeding and it's like, oh, I can bleed again. Sick. And then the jungle just makes another flower. They're like, you know what? <laughs> cool. We we approve of this here. And it unfurls. It's like oh, the magic. It's like, no, fuck you. You don't, you don't get a do over. You don't get a fucking mulligan. Your decisions mean things. Not damn in it. this movie. Uh, and then Dwayne Johnson wears a bowler hat and a Victorian era <laughs> suit, and it's very funny. It is very funny. And they let him drive a car. Like, they establish the fact that he has never been in or anywhere near a car because he's had to always be on the river. And when they're back in London, he's the one driving, which seems yeah. like a poor idea. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm going through my notes to find any of the other garbage moments. Oh, yeah, did you notice how the Nazi ate peas? <laughs> no, I did not it's, notice it, how the Nazi ate peas. It was what? so, it was, it was one of those moments that I just saw happen, and I'm like, okay, we gotta bring this up. Because you know how a normal person eats peas with, like, a spoon? He stacks them up. On the back of the fort. Like it's a little <laughs> erector set. And he eats them. Uh, the amount of times, by the way, during my notes where I've just written, there's insert number of minutes left in the film here. Minutes left in the film. Yeah, I, we actually, I paused it halfway through because me and RJ had to go build some shelves for our new apartment. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, I guess we gotta come back and finish this. It's so slow. It is the slowest plotting film of all time where none of it hits. I've never seen a film where literally nothing hits in it. Usually they've got at least some. If you were to take a test blindfolded, <laughs> you would hit more than this film does. I just want to know how high you were, because when you initially pitched this to me, you were like, it's not good, but like, it's a real good time. You know, it's fun. It's kind of bonkers. And you're I wrong. remember <laughs> I remember the last act being a lot more bonkers because I remember freaking out about The Rock being 400 years old and being like, that's fucking insane. And then Emily Blunt and him kissing oxygen and being like. That's fucking insane. And then he wore a bowler hat. And apparently in my head, nothing happened in between those. And I just said, that's the end of the film. It's very good. Uh, but on to the fan fiction. I, I didn't finish mine. I only started mine. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to? My, mine's kind of more of an episode capper. So I'm going okay. to let you go first. Uh so I did do a fan fix because, like I said, I actually do fucking adore the ride. And usually in a fan fix, I kind of just say, like, okay, here's some problems with the film. Here's what works. Here's how we take what works and turn it into a whole film. Unfortunately, with this film, I'm going to have to just tear it down brick and mortar until there's fucking nothing left and rebuild from the ashes. Oh, yeah, that reminds me real quick, because the other thing, I totally forgot the other movie that this movie rips off, because I, I or homages, whatever the fuck, because I did say to you, like, the fanfics for this movie already exists, it's called The African Queen, and it yeah. stars Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn, who, that's even, actually... even they're hornier than this, and that's a good movie, like, it's, it's a legitimately good movie, it gets real, it gets a bit slow, yeah, uh, in the in the last uh, quarter. Well, that's but... actually what the ride is based off of. That's one of the things the ride is based off of is African Queen. So, like, yeah, dude, like <laughs> I, I get that. Um, so, beginning, we're gonna start with the setting. Don't set it during a fucking world war, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was a choice. It's so weird because, like, when I think of the Jungle Cruise, I think of like tiki bars, which was 
kind of right they started coming into prominence right in between the two world wars and so that's kind of where i want to put this is right after world war one but before any shit pops off in germany (laughs) uh so let's see where have i written this uh, get away from the wars, get away from the Germans, get away from any stakes whatsoever, because the beauty of the Jungle Cruise ride is not that you are swept away on a mystical boat on an adventure <laughs> through the rivers of the world. The beauty of the Jungle Cruise is that it is extremely low stakes and intentionally extremely shitty. Uh, so we're gonna pop up to right between the two world wars. America's celebrating. Tiki bars are prominently everywhere. This way we pay tribute to the ride, but also Trader Sam's, the fucking amazing tiki bar. All these different places. Now on to our primary cast. Not The Rock and not Emily Blunt. <laughs> Look, I don't blame Emily Blunt for this. It's the fucking script. Oh, yeah. The script is very bad. Uh, it's it's. But also, like, none of them fit the vibe of when I think about the Jungle Cruise. I don't think the but most I got was the Jungle Cruise type scene where you're seeing Dwayne scam people the whole time. So our trio of heroes in my film are going to be full on fucking scam artists. A uh, brother, a sister and an uncle. It's very Gravity Falls coded. I was just about to say. <laughs> the uh, father is actually Albert Falls. So, yeah, the father is actually the famous adventurer Albert Falls, and they are piggybacking off of his name, creating the Jungle Cruise attraction and the Tiki Bar based on all of his adventures. Uh, the daughter is Alberta Falls. There's an actual fucking story involving her. <laughs> She's the person who literally created the Jungle Cruise, you fucking assholes. <laughs> Uh, the uncle is straight up like he is Stan Pines and then Albert is Ford. He's an over the top ham. He's very much like each of them kind of approach the Jungle Cruise narrative differently. And he is kind of the action person who's very silly and is like, everyone get down. Everyone look, get, get over, get off on the one side of the boat. He makes the ride an adventure, even though everyone on the boat is like, fuck this guy. And he is portrayed by Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Scotty, like, I, you're like two sentences in, and I already love this so much more. This already sounds so much fucking better. Uh, then we have the older sister, Alberta, who's the brains behind the whole operation. She started it, and she grew up with Albert. Well, she grew up seeing him always leave, always going on adventures, and that kind of led to her growing up jaded because she didn't have a father there. And that means she is very willing to use his name to make a buck so he could finally give her something worthwhile. She's kind of like fucking Valkyrie from Ragnarok. She's got, like, strength and leadership and definitely the adventuring mindset of her father, but she's just also a big, jaded, sloppy bitch. (laughs) It's very good. (laughs) Uh, and she's played by Kate fucking McKinnon. Uh, Can you imagine Kate just being an annoyed drunk through a whole film? And then, of course, yes. when someone's like, hey, that's a cute guy over there. She can, of course, be like, my interests lie elsewhere. <laughs> Men, hmm, it's it's just never worked for some reason. Yeah, now the younger brother is... I'm not sure. I, I I like the casting, but also I don't I don't think he could be a younger brother. If there was a middle situation, that's what he would be. But when there's only two, he has to be the younger brother. Uh, grew up with their dad as kind of a legend versus something that actually existed. So despite everything Kate says about like he was a low life, he left us behind. He never took care of us. He still idolizes their father and spends his time reading through his books, studying all the notes he left behind. He's just a real peppy, happy-go-lucky spitfuck who has very good one-liners, very good jokes. He is the de facto skipper of a Jungle Cruise. He is the one who will be making jokes, giving you a a good time. Meanwhile, Kate's the one who's, like, at the end of her shift that wants to leave, (laughs) and Woody's a tryhard. And all I wanted for this was someone who I knew could A, be a good action star, but also could nail quips and one-liners. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and and he's, he, he does have middle sibling energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we all saw No Way Home. We know. <laughs> this is true. Scotty, I love this. Your mind. 
So film the film is going to begin with the one scene in the film that actually worked, which is the jungle cruise itself. Uh, only difference is we're smash cutting between the three main characters, seeing their different styles. The first lines are like a fully formed monologue, but it cuts between each of them saying it. So like, welcome to the world famous jungle cruise. <laughs> then it cuts to Kate. Then it cuts to Andrew. And then like one of the big moments is going to be them saying, there's only one person brave enough to take you through this river. And you're looking at them. And then it's all three of them saying it at once. So they're clearly all fucking <laughs> over the audience. Right. Uh, then we kind of see how the scam works. So we see an assistant running alongside the boat on the shore, <laughs> pulling strings, making like animatronics work. Before we get to Andrew Garfield proudly proclaiming, ladies and gentlemen, the eighth wonder of the world, the backside of water. And then no water comes down. And he's like, the backside of water. Nothing comes out. And then he leans his head out of the boat, says it one last time. And then, of course, water gushes down on him. <laughs> Describing comedy is really fucking funny, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to Andrew. Theater of the mind. <laughs> uh, then we cut to Andrew getting chewed out by Woody Harrelson for losing the money. And this is kind of where we get to see a defining moment for at least those two characters. Andrew's saying that the backside of water is literally one of the biggest moments of the ride. It's one of the things that people love to see, and it's important people get to see it. At which point, Woody's like, no, the only important thing is their fucking money. Does not matter if it if it doesn't work, then you just go on. You don't bring it up. Uh, it's a fun character dichotomy that could actually lead to conflict down the road and fun <laughs> scenes between them. If character only the dynamics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andrew finally repeats a line that he read that his father had written down numerous times. People don't care about the truth. They only care about the story. And if they don't give people a story, why will people care about this? So this is where we kind of have a cutaway to the dad's adventures. So it's... This is going to be literally the only thing that's like the Rock Jungle Cruise movie is we do see like this silhouetted big burly guy uh, because, of course, Andrew's describing the story. So he loves their dad. So he's this big jacked motherfucker running through the forest. Uh, and the first story that we're told is the story of him searching for the Holy Grail. And it's allegedly the fact that he's found the Holy Grail. He's being chased down by Germans or whatever, because that's what happens. He fights them off in like this epic scene. But the Grail slips out of his hands and goes tumbling down a waterfall where no one feels able to go down there and get it. Um, then we get to see the family, kind of this misfit family, interacting at the tiki bar that they sit outside. It stands adjacent to the Jungle Cruise. The owner of the bar is Trader Sam, and he is played by Taika Waititi. God, yes. <laughs> uh, he gives them shit about being freeloaders, about the fact that they're scam artists, and because of that, no one wants to go to Trader Sam's bar because he associates with a bunch of fucking scam artists. Uh, then the phone rings in the middle of this argument. Kate wanders over, picks it up, just lackadaisical. Hello? Yeah, how much? 20,000? Nah, I, I don't get out of bed for more than 30K. And then she just hangs up the fucking phone. <laughs> uh, then Woody just screams $20,000 in the way only Woody Harrelson can. Rushes the phone, star 69, maybe that works. Like his life is depending on it and he finds himself connected with a wealthy British man named Meriwether Adam Pleasure. A legitimate character from the lore of sea. And he is going to be played by your favorite and mine, Matt Berry. <laughs> There's no one else who can play a character named Meriwether Pleasure than Matt Berry. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Pleasure was also a member of the same society as um, Albert Falls, but instead of adventuring, he finds himself exploring the world of industry, becoming wealthy through opening various factories and industries, and then eventually establishing the lavish offshore island known as Pleasure Island. When that was a thing at Disney, this was the legitimate backstory behind it. Holy shit. And then they couldn't do Pleasure Island anymore because the townies ruined it. <laughs> because it's very horny. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pleasure explains to them that he's got something they might want to take a look at, something that might lead to information regarding the disappearance of their father. This immediately leads Andrew to be like, fuck yes. But Woody's like, 
we got to get more money out of this. So he tries to haggle and ends up somehow lowering the price to 15000 because he's an absolute dipshit. <laughs> we uh, head off to Pleasure Island, another fun location that's not just a green-ass jungle with Dwayne Johnson in a tan shirt. This could be like fun shit to see. Neons and like a Moss Eisley type cantina called but like, like 1920s like yes style. that would be so good yeah like a 1930s like neon and all types of bars and debauchery um literally they go to the hangar bar which is also part of the sea lore and he sits with they sit with Meriwether for drinks pleasure then produces something that was discovered on one of his latest expeditions a map with Albert's signature at the bottom and basically a very comically large X covering the waterfall. <laughs> does he, does he do re- it? Does he do it like in um, what we do in the shadows when he goes, bah! does he just go map map? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pleasure basically says, I believe that the Holy Grail is at the bottom of the waterfall and he wants to give the Falls family an opportunity to finish what their long departed patriarch couldn't and find the Holy Grail. Andrew immediately is pumped. He's like, fuck yes, I get to be an adventurer like dad? Hell yeah. Meanwhile, Kate and Woody are extremely hesitant because they have no fucking clue how to be adventurers. (laughs) Luckily, Meriwether has gotten them the best damn guide this side of the hemisphere, at which point the camera pans to the door, and it is silhouetted by a tall, lean figure with a wide-brimmed hat and a whip attached to his hip. The figure slowly walks in to reveal one of Disney's most famous adventurers of all time, but he's played by Nicolas Cage because we cannot afford Harrison Ford. <laughs> we never blatantly say it's Indiana Jones, but he's just oh very God. indie-coded. Look, I went with National Treasure. I knew I couldn't get Harrison Ford. <laughs> so the trio... Well, Harrison are... Ford's also a million years old. I mean, yeah, that's, that's Nicholas Cage. Reason. Yeah, Nicholas Cage Nick- ain't super young either. But like Harrison Ford looks like an old handbag. I just wanted to, you know, pay tribute to former adventure films <laughs> where people go on quests for lavish things and not just make a shitty repeat. So the tree are a pump. They're like, okay, we've got Indiana Jones on our side. We have one of the best adventurers of all time. Gives them confidence to join him on the journey into the jungle to search for the Holy Grail once again. Andrew is asking Indy questions over and over on the uh, ride down the Nile, while Woody and Kate make tons of jokes regarding how they've been in denial about his disappearance for so long. All of it just keeps getting Nick Cage more and more angry because he's just having to deal with this trio of fucking idiots until he shushes them all because they're in dangerous territory. They are being surrounded by the deadliest cobras in the world. Pulls the dock or pulls the boat to dock on the shore, warns them to stay back until he can create a clearing. He is a de facto hero, rushes forward to battle with the Cobras, and is immediately eaten whole by a giant snake. Yes! (laughs) Immediately taken out. Fuck Uh, yes. Andrew's like, why did it have to be snakes? And this is how far I got, but I do, like, have some, like, other stuff in mind. Like, I do know when they do eventually find the Holy Grail, it ain't going to be real. It's going to be 110% fake. Um, because I I love this idea. Once again, it's not about the truth. It's about the story. And so I also think that because we didn't get to see the backside of water in the beginning of the film, the big payoff is that on the backside of water at that waterfall, it, I don't want to say the Holy Grail is there. Because at the end of the day... This is the Jungle Cruise movie. I don't want it to have an actual big MacGuffin treasure at the end. Uh, But behind the waterfall, we find Albert Falls living there. And we see, like, the big muscular silhouette that we've been seeing in all of the flashbacks. And then he walks forward. And the silhouette kind of changes a bit. It's no longer, like, muscular, but it's still, like, thick. And it's Brendan Fraser. And the dad was <sighs> Brendan Fraser all along. Uh, you haven't seen the mummy. You haven't heard this. <laughs> I, well, I know he is a famed adventurer, and I have ridden his <laughs> roller coaster many times. <laughs> I've ridden your roller coaster many a time, sir. And I don't know, would, would like uh, Meriwether Pleasure end up being not necessarily a villain, but sort of an antagonist in the, because they, they don't got the thing and him want thing? 
Well, I think uh, with me, what I wanted it to be was that Meriwether thinks that they killed Nick Cage and that they're kind of going off on their own. Like, same thing with Albert. Like, the whole story was that Albert abandoned everybody. They're thinking the Falls right. family scammed them and doing the same thing. Gotcha. So I did, I did think about him sending, like, a mercenary kind of <laughs> after them to chase right. him down. I had a weird choice for that one, and it was Sam Rockwell. <laughs> God, I love... You know what? It's That's an out-of-left-field choice, but I would take it. Sam Rockwell would also be really good in the Woody Harrelson... Like, I feel like you could swap Sam Rockwell and Woody Harrelson for either of those. I had numerous casting choices for my main <laughs> trio. My original one, I ended up changing because I realized they were all Spider-Man actors because I had Woody Harrelson, <laughs> Tom Hardy, and uh, Andrew Garfield. Because Tom could play, I, I wanted, I wanted it for one specific joke, and it's that during the intro when they're all doing their Jungle Cruise bit, Tom is like over the top Australian accent the whole time, <laughs> and then when they go inside, he's talking in his fucking uh, Eddie Brock voice, and it's like, I hate that you guys make me do that shitty voice all the time. <laughs> That would be very good. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. But I like I like where you landed. I, yeah, I wanted to include Kate. I felt like Kate was a, a good addition to it and not having like a trio of brothers because that was getting very DuckTales very quick for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it was that's the, th the Jungle Cruise movie wasn't the Jungle Cruise. And so I wanted something that was an adventure film deep down, but also was it like was the exact like none of them are adventurers they're all cowards they're all cheats none of them really know what the fuck they're doing it's like um tropic thunder but without the weird racism <laughs> <laughs> no like i'm i'm almost legitimately upset right now because i won't watch your version because the version <laughs> we have is is, is doo-doo shit <laughs> doo-doo shit <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm upset. I couldn't write more of it. Uh, I had a really busy day, but yeah, this is it's such it's such an easy layup. You have the universe there, and they didn't use it um, because it's Disney and they want money. All right, so that's what I did. What did you do? So I had told you before, like I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with this. Before I even watched it, and I watched it, I'm like I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do with this. Um, and you know, we're I know we're we're still kind of uh, getting our sea legs back. We have not podcasted did in a minute. Well, maybe you have. I fucking haven't. Um, and I haven't. I talked about wrestling, today. and that's it. <laughs> uh, so, but but in in the usual fun fiction fashion, I didn't really write a fiction. <laughs> What? <laughs> but I know. It's it's crazy. Nothing like this has ever happened before. But, like, so here's the thing. So, the Jungle Cruise film is essentially fan fiction of the ride. Yeah. And so, um, I also have a personal story that reeves, that, that reeves, Jesus, that weaves a rich fictional tapestry ab around the Jungle Cruise ride. Okay. Except, except it's real and it happened. Um, this is this is legit. Like you're not fucking with me. No, I'm not this... fucking with you. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, you're gonna be disappointed, but. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, just you know, I like to let you know up front. So, uh, me and our Ar Ar went to Disney a bit when he was young, but he was like fairly young. I went to Disney when I was like a baby. And that was it. And also for context, we we lived like three hours away from uh, Disney World. Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, from Orlando. Um, and then when I was like a teen, we just went to – my parents took us to Universal Studios, which like fuck yeah, that mummy ride and the Spider-Man ride. Very good. Yeah. It's the cheaper alternative. And honestly, for yep. like teens, <laughs> Universal is so much better. Oh, yeah. So as adults um, – me and RJ were like, oh, let's get, like, an annual pass or something one year. And so that way, like, you know, a few weekends out of the year, we can, like, rediscover Disney or something since we really didn't get to when we were, like, kids. Um, so we didn't have any, like, fond nostalgic memories of Jungle Cruise because we'd never done the thing, at least yeah. within memory. And so our experience was you have to wait in a very, very long line, a line incredibly disproportionate to the length and value of the ride itself. Oh, I fast pass it. I fast pass it every fucking time. We were saving the fast passes for better rides. 
I use them. I have four. I either use them for Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Buzz Lightyear, or Jungle Cruise. Those are my four. Yeah, man, we we used them on Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, fuck, I can't remember. There's just been a really long time. Probably one of the coasters. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, so there was one. Oh god, this <laughs> this isn't super specific to what I'm going to be discussing, but there was one time on the Jungle Cruise because I think we went on it twice in yeah. But not in one sitting, but over the course of however long we had the pass for. Uh, and there was one time we were on it, and one of the animatronic hippos or whatever did a thing, and a guy near the back with a very heavy accent that I cannot trace the origin of went, It is not real! <laughs> <laughs> and we will repeat that back to each other to this day. Like, we'll oh, see something great. or be somewhere and just go, It is not real! <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> it is, it's really good. Uh, but so one, one day we were in line for the jungle cruise. Maybe it was the first time. I don't remember, but it was taking a very, very long time. Um, actually, no, it couldn't have been the first time because we already knew it wasn't worth it, but we were doing it regardless because we pretty much done everything else. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't quite recall what the inciting incident was. Like we saw someone who had some kind of shirt in line that was like inscrutable like, it was a reference to something, but we couldn't figure out what. And so me and RJ, as we uh, went through the ride, we're like, what is the most inscrutable shirt that you could create? And now, of course, you and I have already created it, but at the time, you know, <laughs> we, we didn't know such things. Um, I don't think we even started the podcast yet. Uh, and the thing in the news was Harambe. That was... Oh, no. Harambe the gorilla was the thing. And RJ was like, you know, what if, okay, what if I had a t-shirt that had like Harambe on it and it said like bless up or something like that? And I was like, eh, I don't know. That's, he's like, no, no, no. I got a better one. I got a better one. It just says hashtag thinspiration. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, exactly. It's just a picture of Harambe. And I'm like, how would people know it's Harambe? It could just be any gorilla. And he's like, I would know. That's what's important. And I said, if I made that shirt... I don't think you'd have the balls to wear it. And he's like, oh, fucking no. try fucking try me. And when we did get back from our trip, I did make the shirt special and then order it. And he does own a shirt with the big gorilla face on it that just says hashtag thinspiration. And it's oh the jungle. God. It's our jungle cruise shirt. <laughs> Merch.aloadofpurebs.com <laughs> I'll do, I, I'm, I mean, you, your version would probably be better. I, God, I, I don't know if we still got, we got the original line around here somewhere. It's just a pensive monkey face, a pensive gorilla <laughs> face, and hashtag Finspiration in, like, very bouncy Comic Sans adjacent font. If you guys want to buy this. <laughs> the worst part about having a Harambe reference for the Jungle Cruise is that there is a whole fucking section of Animal Kingdom called the Harambe Village, I believe. Uh, yep, there sure is. And we had a very good time with that, too. <laughs> See, the only problem with the Jungle Cruise is that... The only problem. It's very hit or miss. It strictly depends on who is doing the show for you. Oh, yeah. They, whatever whatever little fuckers trying out their tight five. Yeah, because there are some of them who are very good. Some of them have very good, like, dry, deadpan humor. And then some of them are very good at just selling the jokes. Like, one of my favorite jokes on the ride is so fucking bad. But it's, hey, have any of you guys seen the new Jungle Book movie yet? Or have any of you guys seen the Jungle Book? No? It's over there. And then there's just a random-ass book they put in the jungle. <laughs> so fucking stupid. And you need the right person to sell that, but unfortunately at Disney, they kind of just have to get what they're given and deal with it. And a lot of times, they're just way too per- Because that's the one I remember specifically, is we had a girl who was just way too fucking perky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, you can't be happy on the jungle cruise. You have to seem a little bit upset with your station in life. Yeah. Even if you are, like, screaming on the inside at what you get to do. The jokes are bad. They are weapons to be used against the people on that boat. 
Uh, well, we talked about the Jungle Cruise, and now we get to move on to next week. And like you said, we did discuss this before the show because it is going to be a fan suggestion next week from our boy, Big Mike. Big Mike? Who a very long time ago suggested, uh-oh, we're about to have two big boy movies <laughs> twice in a row because we're talking The Pacifier with Vin Diesel. The the big dude what gotta take care of little kids cinematic universe. I don't I don't know if I either want to try to connect all of them together, like the Tooth Fairy, the Pacifier. That I one with John Cena where they gotta take care of kids at a firehouse. Yeah, Dickie Roberts, former child star. David Spade's not buff, but I'll throw him in there as comic relief. Uh I don't know if I wanna do all of those or if I just want to write the ultimate big guy takes care of child movie <laughs> all all very good and interesting options that we will explore in the next episode along with vin diesel wearing a child in a papoose and herding a duck have you ever seen i've not seen it I've oh not i've seen, seen it i've seen oh, it no. what was <laughs> oh no i've seen it the rock you, had another you're one, gonna learn you? about the peter panda dance scotty Oh, no. I don't want to <laughs> learn about this. You don't got a fucking choice, pal. Shit, what was the other Rock one? Rock had multiple I'm a big man taking care of children films. Yeah, there's definitely been more than... Oh, uh, Journey to Witch Mountain or some shit? No, there's one where it's like an actual... The Game Plan, that's right. Ah. That's where he's a football... He's a big, strong football player, but he's taking care of a girl that wears tutus all the time. <laughs> How will he stay a man? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Not us, because we're going to be talking about Vin Diesel. That's right. But until then, where could people find you on the Pember bet? You can find me on Twitter sometimes, much more rarely now, because Twitter's awful, at Meg underscore Danger. Um... We put out an episode of Ono oh Lick Class last month, <laughs> surprising everyone. So feel free to go check that out. It's like the Beyonce Lemonade release. <laughs> no it, one's not coming. It really was. <laughs> Man, The Rock has been in some shit films, hasn't he? No fucking duh. Oh my god, holy shit. I was, I was talking to my brother and he was like, yeah, what about that other one with uh, the Rock of the Jungle that was real shitty where it's like him and Johnny Knoxville? And I was like, no, 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 that was Sean William Scott. He's in John, He's with Johnny Knoxville in a completely different shitty movie. <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, that was Walk Hard or Walking yeah. Tall, walking yeah, walk in some manner of way. <laughs> I still need to see Red Notice. Which I believe is also a film that's multiple action <laughs> films smashed together and worse than all of them. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, and you can check out all the other shows on the internet. Check out Fight Boys if you like pro wrestling. If you like pro wrestling but think it needs more Scotty in it, check out <laughs> JWF Ignition. We just started a whole new era of that show. It is super fun. I am feeling like I'm actually writing wrestling stories again and not just a bunch of guys yelling at each other. And you can find all that on the internet because I no longer pay for the load of purebs.com domain. So you do the work now, coward. <laughs> I don't think that's the most efficient way to host several podcasts, but you know what? I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I'll be honest, the hiatus went on so long that I forgot some of the shows I do. I was like, go check out shit. Look me up. I'll be on there somewhere. I'm on podcasts. You'll find me. Oh, yeah. We also do the weird, which is still on hiatus. Oh, the biggest show we do and we're, we're both so like what fucking show no i don't know lit class is the biggest well but yeah that you, know you do yeah that's true the biggest show we both do together but it's also still on hiatus because we're just bad at podcasts <laughs> weird's good though hey now there's never been a better time to catch up on the internet's favorite ttrpg that's kind of like the x-files and gravity falls with twin peaks but the internet also doesn't know that it's its favorite yet it's a secret it's, we're a secret, and if you want to get on the ground floor of this bitching opportunity. <laughs> Now's the time, I'm, baby. I'm Matt Damon on the moon. Are you afraid of the future? Not me. Buy an FG. <laughs>
We here at the We Here with Fun Fiction do not support Matt Damon. (laughs) Or NFTs. (laughs) Hawk Babadook NFT. (laughs) I love my podcast. I hate Matt Damon fucking FTs. I love to funge my tokens. You're telling me a nun funged this token? Support the show at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Pick up merch at merch.loadofyourbs.com. Special thanks to Best Day, I guess. Best Day done make the music. He got more music at soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day or by searching him Best Day on Spotify. Um, add us on Twitter or in the, the Discord. If you know about the Discord, you know, you know. Uh, if you want a shirt with a on it that says hashtag inspiration. I'll do it. <laughs> and you know I will. It's true. Bye. Uh, but until next time, remember this is fun fiction and our interests lie elsewhere. elsewhere. <laughs>